And we are live. The cast is back. Zoom cast three. Zoom cast. What up, bros? All I want to do is zoom, 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 and, a, and take your money. Well, now's your opportunity. <laughs> what up? What up, though? But if you're going to take my money, though, if you're going to jack me, it's going to have to be like some kind of cyber crime because yeah. we're separated right, right now. Dude, you know what I've been doing? I've been going through all of my basketball card collections, like every player, and I've just been going through like all these loose card uh, shoe boxes full of cards and just crappy player, decent player, gem. Crappy player, decent player, gem. And it's like hard to figure out which is like the decent player to like the good player to like the superstar around those times, like the 80s and shit. Third Malone, what's your what's your all? This is going to be a question for both of you. What's your all time favorite year of basketball card? Basketball card. Yeah. Well, you're saying you're going through your basketball cards. I'm like, all right. Well, what's the so year? like the '98 oh. and '97 is like the year. It's like a, a year that I've I've seen a lot of. Trying to remember. Trying to remember. Okay, so '97. So does '97 have all the '96 draft rookies in it? Yeah, it would. Right, Dude, they even go back to where, like, there's cards of guys playing in high school. Like like I was saying to you. Oh, earlier, yeah. Okay, this is crazy. Go ahead. There's a Kobe card that I've been looking for, and I haven't found it yet, but it's literally selling on eBay for, like, 50 grand. And I doubt that you're going to get 50 grand for it unless you get it, you know, certified by one of those guys that checks the cards, you know, word for word and everything. But – um Right. They're, they're going, and I feel like you'll get one guy that'll just, oh, I got to have this. I'm going to buy it, and boom, 50 bucks or 50 grand, 50, 50 stacks. That would be insane. I would say um, like Shaq's rookie year maybe, like around when – Greg, to answer your question, like yep. I'd say like – I was at my peak of ba- – you're asking basketball cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no, no, I just uh, – Dirt had me thinking about it, so I was trying to – I was trying I would to say, like, Shaq's rookie year was probably when I peaked at buying basketball cards. Like, I don't think I bought any basketball cards until I was, like, 11, 12, 13. It was strictly, strictly baseball cards. Right. Yep. Um, and crappy cards, man. I had every like I bought. I didn't know shit about cards. I barely knew anything about baseball. But anything that was like a a quarter at the goddamn checkout. Yep. Like that's all I knew of cards, and that's what I was buying. So like my best card by the time I was ten or eleven was like a a Benito Santiago rookie card, like in the store, <laughs> and it was worth a dollar. And I remember going through all my cards. Like yeah, I used to get the book. Was it Beckett? Sure, but yeah, of course, Beckett. You used to have to go and get the. Yo, do you guys remember tough stuff? Oh hell yeah! That was fucking fire. Awesome, yeah. You have to get the. You have to go and get the book, and get like Beckett, and look through. You have your card, and you go to the back, and it's got like an index, and it's like ninety-two clear, and you flip to that page, and it's in alphabetical order, and you go through it. And I remember going through it with like every card I owned when I was like. 10 or 11, yeah, yeah. and the only card I had that was worth more than 50 cents was the Benito Santiago. Benito Santiago. Yeah. Well, what? dude, let's go like this. We used to go through the Beckett, too. Like, this was a Kobe yeah. card for 15 bucks at the time. 
But just like you, like after, you know, I don't know, sixth grade or whatever it was, that was it. Like the card collecting stopped and it, you know. Well, yeah, I, I went to like basketball for a while because like I started to even like under, know anything about basketball. I, I think I like, I knew more about, it's a weird thing. Like you, every kid used to buy baseball cards. Right, right. Like you didn't have to be a fan of baseball. Right, to be a fan of baseball, baseball. cards. Right. You didn't have to play baseball or watch baseball or buying the cards was like you had an uncle who bought you like yeah. three packs of cards and you'd spend an hour going through them. Like yeah. knowing nothing, it was just cool. And you'd compare it to like, you know, the uh, then you're looking for the guy from the card and the sports page to look at the box scores. Yeah, and you didn't even know what that guy necessarily – I mean, I'm old, obviously. But you didn't even necessarily watch that guy playing and know everything, you know, like they were – two-dimensional back then for me it's like- i mean my pops my pops was like uh, from the time i got into cards when i was a kid my pops like was always into him so like even right. like when i was like in my teens and you know early 20s he'd get excited about a card or talking about cards or looking at cards and shit so like um it was like always a thing but yeah it started for me with baseball cards but what's funny is that it started with me with baseball cards but i think like the earliest cards I had were football cards. Hmm. Like I, I had like a, like a 84 tops football cards. Right. And, and then, and then I had, and I had some baseball cards then. And then I got into it. Like, I want to say I seriously got into it in like that, like a little bit 85, 86. And then I got into it in like 87. And then I was like hard in the paint into cards for, for, you know, five, six years, you know, probably until high school. But then it was always like a cool peripheral thing. Yeah. Um, but so saying Shaq's rookie year, I remember that well. I remember that well. Like for me, Shaq was like the first guy who was like my guy, it felt like. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I mean that in like a generational sense. Yeah, yeah. But Jordan was the start of that. I remember speaking right. of like you were very young. You were very young when Jordan was Shaq's age. You were Right, like Shaq, I I didn't play basketball when Jordan was a rookie. Right, like, right. I didn't know anything about it, but I will say that by the time I probably had picked up a basketball around like eighty nine, ninety ish. Right, right. Fifth grade ish, the first time I ever dribbled basketball, probably. Um, and now, a so I remember vividly rooting for Jordan the first time against Magic, right. and Jordan felt like. Oh, Magic and Bird are like, they're like old people love that. Love that. Right, 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 right. Like, no, Jordan is us. And so, like, that was it. Very rude for Jordan and everything. But Shaq was, like, the first guy who was, like, oh, he's only a couple of years older than me, kind of. Sure. Like, you know, even though he's, like, nine years older or ten years older, it still didn't seem, like, that far away. Right, right. That's no, he represented youth culture. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the Fab Five into Shaq. That era, yes. That's that's L.A. Lakers, Shaq Diesel. Mark Bernardi's talking about Louisiana State University. Orlando Orlando Shaq, you know, was breaking the backboards. Oh, sorry. Well, I am. This thing, yo, this I feel like Zoom is going to make me upgrade to pro. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm going to pause. I'm going to have to pause this if it gets up because there's a countdown right now. And then we're all going to, I know. And then we're all going to be, we're all going to be pros. All right. Well, hold on. I'm going to grab something. If we're doing show and tell then I'm going to, I'm going to grab a, I'm going to grab something too. All right, grab some stuff. Because I'm gonna, Go ahead, uh, there, but make sure there you save all this ish. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause it. All right, so Sco, listen to these names and these deck of cards, and tell me if they belong or don't belong. And decent players, good players, ready? All right, I'll 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 give it a one of three ratings. Rodman. Stud. Mitch Richmond. Stud. Iverson. Stud. Magic. Is this the stud pile? Just keep going until it's not. They're all Hall of Famers. All right, Sharif Abdul Rahim, Stockton, Robinson, Elijah one, Ewing. Abdul Rahim does not belong in this pile so far. Ray Allen, Damon Stoudemire. I put him in the middle tier. Yeah. Yeah. Mulberry, Antoine Walker. Middle tier. Latrell Sprewell. I'd have to put him in the top group. All right. If we're only having three groups, three tiers, you know, he's not necessarily a Hall of Famer, but, you know, he made, like, I think he made a couple of, like, second-team All-NBA teams. Let me look him up. I got – it's a good – You know what else is fun to do? When you get the cards in hand, you, you flip them around and you just kind of gaze at the stats and you're like, holy shit. Like, he scored, like, 1,600, 1,700 points that season. Like – what? No. So really? check this out. So he had 1,900 points in 96, 97. So here's why I say he's in the. If we're doing, if we're doing scrubs, solid players and great players, those are the three categories. Then Sprewell is definitely in the great player. So okay. check out Sprewell, four-time All-Star. Okay, he made All NBA first team one year. So he was like one of the top. Five players in the NBA that year. He made an All-NBA second um, – I'm sorry. He made the All-Defense second team. He scored 18 a game for his career. He carried a team to the finals. I'd say he's got to be in that top group. Yo, he choked, my, co- he choked my cousin, son. Fuck that. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> but I always go back to it and I say I know exactly why. Right, because the truth is this: PJ was old school, yeah, and he was the best player on Golden State, and Sprewell was kind of new school, and I bet you PJ wrote his fucking ass every day when they played like shit, yeah, and he was just a personality who couldn't fucking deal with that, and he snapped, and he didn't want to he didn't want to lose either, and they're fucking they were you know pretty much probably at each other's throats every day in practice, and he literally went at him. All right, so I so there Malone, just to show you how I stay in touch with my fucking roots, I just went and rooted around in the desk in the room that I'm in currently, and I got cards to show you. All right, hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause this okay. recording because it might end. Okay. All right, so I think we're uh, we're back now. That freaking Zoom meeting puts a timer on it, but we're good. What were you saying, G, about your uh, the ancient well, relics? I want you to just know that I keep it fucking real. That's all. And here's my proof that I got up in my office and I scrambled to my desk and I threw fucking papers and odds and ends about. And I, and I rummaged and I pulled out some fucking jewels. Not necessarily jewels of, of immense uh, financial value, but nonetheless fire. Like it. Um, 
Okay, so, all right, the first is just kind of random, but I, I, I think Skull especially will dig this. I have one, two, three, four. I have six different Fleer Ricky Henderson cards from the 80s. Check these, out. Check these out. Did you steal them? Look, 81, Ricky Henderson. Nice. Hold up. Let me see. Let me see. Hold up. That's 83, Ricky Henderson. Nice. 84. So. 85. And then this might be like, no, I guess this is 81. This might. This is 82, and that's 81. Fucking Ricky Henderson. Look at that. Almost and then, old athletics garment is amazing. Oh, so fucking fire, right? Absolutely. That's one of like the reasons I, I love those cards are amazing. Then I found this, which to me is not a great rendering of my childhood hero, but I remember this card well. It's the 87 Donruss Diamond King of Daryl. That series yeah. in general was yeah. big. Oh, yeah, for sure. And to get the puzzle pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like fit together to make like one of like the big Diamond King, like like. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yep, there was like a Roberto Clemente Diamond King at one point. Yeah. I think it's actually like somebody. I think it was like a Mel Rojas one. Somebody lame. <laughs> yeah. Like I could. Oh, well, there was one of these for for every team. So some right. of the teams that were like short on stars, or if they guess they did they did the big star the year prior or whatever. But this is a cool year because. Like Bond, I guess Bond's it's his second year, but like uh, Bo Jackson's rookie is in here, and like a bunch, of, bunch of cool guys. Yeah, McGuire. Yep. Eighty-seven McGuire. Dude, you know what's funny? You know what's funny about that card is playing little league. There was a guy that used to he would like take your portrait, and then he would paint you, and then yeah. he would paint an action shot of you that he would grab. Nice. Just like that exact orientation for like 200 bucks. And it feels so 80s. So it's too much money, but I remember him doing those. All right. And then when I was saying about my favorite year for, ba- for, for basketball cards, this is my favorite year for basketball cards. And um, I'm going to say 92, 93. No, no, it's even, it's even before that. It's even before that. I was a fucking young lad, but check these out. That's Bird. Oh, cool. Well, that's a $20 bill, son. Yeah, it's Bird. Look, and Barkley, 87, 87, 87 Fleer. Buff Barkley right there, dude, on the yeah. Sixers. Holy shit. The fucking round mound of rebound. Yeah, and I mean, I, I know I got, I got, like, more of these fucking things, but God knows where they are. That's the thing. Like, they're in random boxes. Like, I wish the archives, as I joke about them, were, like, this neatly fucking <laughs> curated co- collection of stuff. But it's, like... Yeah, it just shit's like buried everywhere. Like, like for the for the gym here, I had, like there's this like um like part of the fucking ceiling that hangs down, and I was like, yo, it's perfect to put pennants, like old school pennants, right? And I'm like, and I got some fucking dope ones, right? And I know I have like a late '80s Bulls one that has the Bulls head, but then his whole body is sort of like this muscular muscular bull. And it says Chicago on it. And it's like early, not early, early Jordan, but like late 80s Jordan. And I'm like, yeah. yo, that's fucking fire. Look, it's, Dirt Malone is creating fucking a delicious beverage right now. I need one. Um, and I thought to myself, oh, dude, amazing. I'll fucking outfit that whole fucking thing with pennants. It'll look amazing. I found two fucking pennants. I have no idea where the Bulls one is. I'm like, God damn it. Like in my head, I know it exists somewhere. But it's like, it's like, I feel like you move once. 
and you lose like 10% of your stuff. And then yeah. every time you move after that, there's like a per the percentage grows of the, the dope shit you lose. And even if you didn't lose it, it's just buried somewhere. So dude, I'm I, like. So much stuff. I, dude, I moved in a tiny New York City apartment two times. And it's like, I had to make certain decisions. Oh, like, sure. Like I got rid of every CD case I ever had. Right, sure. <laughs> I kept CDs in a booklet. But yeah. I had so many CDs. Yeah, sure. I had to get rid of the case. So I had like every Woo CD and Woo affiliate CD and like all that stuff. At one point, just a stack of awesome, yeah, yeah. sweet things. And now I, I don't even know where the CDs are now. I yeah, can't yeah, even sure. find them. But I had them all in one like 2000 CD booklet. I can't even find that because I've moved so many different times. I don't know where shit ended up, where it is, and, you know. Dude, let's do a G code pennant, bro. Yo, that's a fucking fire pen. idea. I love it. I'm in. Yo, let's do that. I'm in. What are they made out of? Like a felt? felt. Like it's like a felt. felt. Yeah, right. Felt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna no, write that'd that be down amazing. In the pink cloud. Yo, that's money. See how that happens. Idea. That's how the magic happens. Hi. Yep. The race pennant. Get your own. Race. Get your free G code pennant. Yep. So speaking of sports, I love it. Stuff, the last dance ended last night. The final episodes. And I gotta admit, it was really what I had circled what I had was waiting for from right. the announcement that it would be on was like episode nine last night. I'm sure right. I'm one of like 500 people in America. It was right. exciting. But for me, like the, the Jordan Bulls versus Reggie Pacers series yeah. where I went into it thinking the pace that Jordan was invincible and the Pacers had no chance. And even though I loved him and Reggie's my favorite player and he had done superhuman things, Doing them against Jordan and the Bulls seemed like, give me a break. You know, right. like there's a chance. But then Reggie pushes off and hits the shot. There he, there is. he is. Reggie Miller! Getting more excited, more excited, more excited until there's five minutes left in game seven with the lead. Holy yeah. shit, it could actually happen. And then they just buried the Pacers in. Yeah. But like, <laughs> even though, and I was thinking about this. Like, some of my favorite sports moments as just, like, a fan or whatever and as a young man and as a kid and everything involved my teams coming close and failing. Mm. Oh, dude. Like, I always tell people, my like, my favorite Yankee run was 2001 after 9-11. Right. Even though Mariano couldn't close the deal in Game 7 in the World Series, and they lost in the most gut-wrenching possible way, you know, yeah, like, yeah. the bottom of the ninth game seven, the miraculous comebacks and the blown saves against Arizona in the World Series, the playoff run itself, New York City, like, coming back to life after the Towers, like, it meant so much more yeah. that they just, and I think we'll get it, like, if sports come back now, like, it's not about the result that matters as much as the, just the reminder that like amazing things can still happen after something yeah, bad, yeah. you know, like that's what they did. And it means so much more than even like the 98 team, which was sure. awesome. 16 down two nothing. Like, you know, uh, even when three in a row, 99, 2000, by then those teams had like jerk off Clemens on them. Oh, I'm sorry, but like, I just, it seemed like they didn't even need him. Right. And they're signing sure. him. 
the, the Yankee team of 2001 that didn't quite pull it off means more to me than the four teams that won it. And the same way, losing to the Bulls like that yeah. was like just getting that close when I didn't think they even would, you know? Well, I mean, I Maybe think like awesome. I think like taking taking L's is one of the important parts of life. Like I I often feel like guys who are like front runners and their team always wins, and it's like I don't know. It just and like if, if you, your team's growing up always won and all that kind of stuff. I I just feel like you don't really know about life. I know that's a weird fucking statement, that's but like I yeah, agree. Like you gotta I, like endure that I, heartbreak and I don't and know. Two thousand Yankees find meaning in loss. It didn't feel like this incredible thing was happening. Right, right. So, like, 96, they hadn't won in, like, yeah. over 20 years. The Braves were the Braves. They were down 2 nothing. Like, that was a great underdog story. Yeah. Then they lose 97. 98, they come back. It was, like, this surprising cast of characters that didn't seem like Hall of Famers. El Duque and Brocious and, like, they were one of the best teams ever. Yeah. But by 2000, it's like you're saying. It's like what I imagine being like a Lakers fan. Right. Like every two years, they get a LeBron. Like, right, right, sure. And, Your whole and life. As a Yankee fan, like a lot of luster came off the Yankees. Right. Like the 2009 Yankees winning, like the A-Rod Yankees with Johnny yeah. Day, all these ex-Red Sox and everyone on the team's making $30 million. Like, there's no – I don't care who you are. If you're a Yankee fan and you love those teams more than, like, the 2001 team or even the 97 team, like, yeah, yeah. then you're just like you're saying. You're in it just to be well, associated with the winner and not because you're really rooting for – For me yeah. personally, like, you're talking about those Yankees, like, they gutted my Mets team in, like, the most embarrassing, humiliating way in the early 90s. Right. And, right. Then, and, then, um, and then the Yankees had Mattingly. And then the Yankees started to pick up my Mets because yeah. Steinbrenner had a hardcore fascination with the, with the great Mets. And, yeah. and, and those guys with the core guys from the Yankees who were so fucking good, Jeter and Bernie and Paul and, you know, and all those guys, they were so easy to root for. And, right. and, and I went in the course of like six years from thinking the Yankees were fucking awesome and loving watching them to really not liking them. <laughs> and it was, and I and I didn't like that train. You know what I mean? Like I felt that transformation happen in, in real time, where I was like, "Here's this, right. here's this team that I'm rooting for, and my Mets are fucking, my Mets have broken my heart. I'm gonna root for the Yankees, and I have no problem with it because I love the history of the team, and this team's like sort of underdog. And then they became the opposite of that, and I was like, yeah. it, was, it was hard. It was hard, the, hard to root for them after some point. Thing, like Daryl and the Yankees is one yeah. of my favorite. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Which, like, he was nowhere near his best. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah of but course. I got, you know, I got to see him in person all the time. And it's like, yeah. you know, I'd go for batting practice just to watch Daryl and yeah. watch the game. He'd put on these shows. He still yeah. had it. Yeah. And it was like weird. And the doc had the no hitter. It's like weird to see them have that chapter. They, mis- they misused him. They had an embarrassment of riches with Daryl, and they misused him where they. Where because because he was a lefty, they only hit him against righties, and I'm like, dude, he's, he's he was in the National League for for all the stellar years of his career. He's in the National League playing every day, and now he only plays when righties pitch. And it was like oh, such a fucking. And I no, love dude. Joe Torre. I love Joe Torre, but that was so fucking stupid. No, dude, I went to a game on my birthday yeah, yeah. where Farrell hit a home run his first at bat, a double his second at bat, a single his third at bat, and they. 
pinch hit for him. Wow. And now I know Daryl Strawberry was not going to hit for a triple. Right, right, right. Seven or whatever. Right, of course, of course. But the fact that he was a triple short of the yeah. cycle yeah, and yeah. had that coming, and they hit for him. Yeah, yeah. Because like, of years, yeah, 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 of course. Dirt, dirt. So, do you have one of those like uh, sports heartbreak stories? That's yeah. a, that's like that's when like the management and the statistics things. Oh yeah, started, okay. I guess that's kind of fucked up. Over the, no, I mean, like I just remember watching the Mets whenever they were on. I never, I never really watched the Yankees because my my pops never watched the Yankees because we only yeah. watched the Mets. So yeah. I didn't really know about like the early '90s Yankees that much. Um, I got one for you. A a Yankee, a Met turned Yankee, another Steinbrenner kind of deal. Robin Ventura went from right. the awesome Mets team to come. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there were there were many there were many of those. Yeah. There were many of those. Um, because he had he had a fascination with the with the he had his fascination with the glory years Mets. Didn't Holder um, do that too, or no? Who? Was it Olerud turned from Mets to Yankees, or was that someone else? Yeah. yeah. Old dude, old, old was so underrated on, on the uh, – was so underrated on the Mets. And the crazy thing that people don't know about Olerud is that Olerud coming out of college, they talked about him being – and I know it sounds nuts – but being like the modern Babe Ruth because he was a lights-out pitcher. And he was like such a natural hitter simultaneously but he he had a head injury he had a head, the reason he wore the batting helmet in the field is because he had a head he had a head injury play, or a brain aneurysm was it an aneurysm yeah. he had an yeah, aneurysm like right? if he got hit with a line drive he, like at all it could have killed him right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. but i i got i got the, the the one the one that's most heartbreaking i don't know if you remember this one this isn't the most heartbreaking but there do you remember the 2006 uh mets with the crazy stack team where Beltran stuck out, struck out, uh, struck out looking yeah, against St. Louis. Dude, oh, most, dude. My, most of those are, uh, around that time I was, um, investing some time in, um, doing some things that you probably shouldn't have done. Understood. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, 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 Kendrick should have fucking sobered you up and made you watch <laughs> then. Cause the fucking uh, they they had that stacked team with with those guys and uh, one of my favorite Mets teams ever with Beltran and Cliff Floyd and, and awesome. all those guys uh, and they uh, they came, they should have won the fucking World Series that year I thought they had the, what, the Johan Santana they had such a fucking awesome team and they just they couldn't keep it together and they fucking lost in the playoffs to St Louis it was crazy but I was locked into that but back to PJ the biggest heartbreak for me that really sort of like was the, also one of the things that really set. Uh, my world on fire with basketball was in 89. Yep. 89, Seton Hall went to the national championship game and lost in overtime to Michigan by one point on free throw, free throws by Ramil Robinson. So, so they, they would like, that would have been like one of the all time fucking Cinderella stories. They were a good team. Don't get me wrong, but they came out of the big East and then they fucking went all the way to the national championship game and almost beat Michigan. Glenn Rice, Michigan, uh, almost beat Michigan and lost uh, in overtime. And uh, that was 89. That was the craziest shit ever. Um, so that was like one of the early fucking heartbreaks in sports. But like I said, I think I think it's better to have – there's there's none Rice. Glenn Rice is a fucking – he's an underrated – there's an underrated fucking dude. He should be a Hall of Famer. Did he get in? He's an underrated fucking dude, man. Like, you talk about a ball player, like a straight-up killer ball player. Um, 
But I, like, I, I sit there and I, I think back to that. And I think about how, like, if you have a team that wins all the fucking time, that's why I like being a Mets fan. Like, it builds character. Because you're always, you always take fucking L's. You take L's yeah. all the time. 15 years of L's. And it's funny, too, because I, I became a Raiders fan. Like, the Raiders in the 70s and early 80s were, like, this storied fucking franchise. Like, scary, winning all these fucking trophies, just win, baby, and all that. And then I became their fan, and they haven't won since. <laughs> I became their fan in, in 80 fucking whatever year, and they they haven't won fucking since. So it's like, you know, all my teams are just like, they just take out. Sko's a fucking Dolphins fan. It's like, but it, it, but it builds character. It builds character. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I got Falcons. Falcons. That was heartbreaking. That's a heartbreaking loss. Oh. Falcons. Falcons Super Bowl is rough. Yeah, Whoa, that's rough. That, that is rough. That's rough. Hey, what about this guy? He was he was really good in college, and then he just kind of fell off, huh? Who is that? Leitner. I mean, he wasn't just really good in college. As much as Greg and I, neither of us liked oh, him. Oh, we, we loathed he was him. good in college. He's one of the all-time best college basketball players oh, ever. He was cold, a, a cold-blooded fucking killer. Yeah. And – and when you're a kid, this is one of those things that I would say, like, when you're a kid, you just hate the guy and you don't get it because you don't understand life yet. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, man, he was fucking, he was so fucking good and so, like, cool under pressure and just, like, he just destroyed everybody. He's one of the, he's definitely one of the top three or four college basketball players of all time, for sure. Yeah. So then what happened to him in the NBA? He just couldn't adjust? Moment. What happened? And, and, and he was on. And he's on Dream Team One too. Don't forget that he's the one college player on Dream Team One. Right. And the greatest team ever. He, I think Leitner made an All Star game. I think he did too. I think he did too. He did. He definitely but did. Just, you know, here his his what doomed to him was he was one of the best college players ever, but then he went into the draft with Shaq and Morning, and he was on the Dream Team. Right, so like he's one of the best college players ever. He's on the dream team. Then you go, and the top three picks in the draft are Shaq, Morning, and then Leitner. Right. So he plays the same position as two Hall of Famers that were picked just ahead of him in the draft, and everyone's like, he had all the the deck was stacked against him. He would have had to go out and be Bill Walton to live up to that situation. And everybody, and everybody who hated Duke, everybody except Duke fans, like were rooting against them. Mm-hmm. And yep. you know what's funny? Did you did you guys ever see the thirty for thirty about Leitner? I don't think I've seen. I it, think no. it's called "I Hate Christian Leitner" or something like that. Yes. I saw the preview for it. And the funny thing is, is that every single thing that you thought about Leitner, like I always thought he was like a pretty boy prep school country club kid. He's not. Right. He's right. from like a he's like from like a rough not rough background, but he's like from a working class background in Buffalo. Yeah. Like he no, is not. Whatever. He is not. You you just got the wrong impression of him because of his haircut and all this shit, right. and it's like you know. And dude, he beat fucking he beat UNLV and he beat the fucking Fab Five, dude. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Funny, it's crazy. Look back at those teams. Like Weber was more the way Leitner seems. Yeah, it's true. Detroit Country Day. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, true. It's true. We had the complete opposite perspective because yep. the baggy shorts and the attitude. Oh yeah, of like, course. Seemed like. And also, he seemed like the 90210. There we go. Of course. Remember. You know. Yep. Love C-Web. Um, so, the, he was a, an all-star. 
Christian Leitner was the Hawks. Hawks in 1997 with the Hawks. Yeah. The starters that year were Jordan, Pippen, Penny, Grant Hill, and Dikembe. Wow. And Tim and Weber and Dumars, Tim Hardaway, Pharrell Brandon, Vin Baker, and Glenn Rice came off the bench. Wow. Wow. Pretty awesome. Yeah, so the last dance ended. It yeah. felt, for me, like it felt increasingly propagandist. Like, <laughs> pro-Jordan. Right. To the extent that it was, like, a little over the top. Right. But it was still awesome. Right, right. Yeah, I, I haven't. I've, I'm. I still haven't seen the whole thing yet. So I, I got episodes to catch up on. So I, I'm not watching it in real time with the rest of the yeah. world. I was saying though, I thought that maybe they misplayed how to roll it out. Like maybe they should have just done one episode a week. And then the other thing I was saying, just because there's nothing else going on, yeah. so they should have milked maybe milked it a little bit, milked this cow the best way we know how. But then the other thing I was thinking too was like. What if they considered um, – I, I, I was thinking that they should have done the first eight episodes in the four consecutive weeks. Then, given the two weeks of hype, take right. Memorial Day weekend off. You start it one week later. You do the yep. four weeks with eight episodes. You take the Memorial Day weekend off. You let the hype build. And then the following weekend, you do the, two, uh, the last two episodes. And you, 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 you stretch the juice out a little bit. You get a bye week. Yeah, they should have done that. They should have done that. They didn't. They, right. I felt like they they didn't maximize. I mean, don't get me wrong. The whole world was buzzing about it, but they could have right. maximized that juice even more. That was the one thing I was thinking. From I the think they're doing like these post series Stephen A. Smith specials. Oh god! Oh um, god! Okay. I need four hours of Skip Bayless. Yes. Screaming that LeBron sucks. Right. That's what I need. That's what we all need. It's good for the culture. It's good for the soul. Uh, how about doing? that? So Shaq, not Shaq. Wow. Hold on. Sko's learning, Sko's learning things in real time. He's doing research, yeah. investigatory yeah. journalism and research in real time. I was telling uh, Sko, too, every time I look at these basketball cards, I always yeah. flip to the back and look at the stats, and I'm like, holy shit. Glenn right. Rice, four years at Michigan, he had 2,442 points. He was out most. He was didn't he win like most outstanding player? Was he might have. I mean, for MVP or something. Sco, do you? I know you remember Ramil Robinson and Glenn Rice from that team, but you know who's the under? Who's the underrated big man? Do you remember? On Michigan, it's yeah. not the guy who stayed. It's not Palinka. No, no, no. Oh, dude, I know who you're talking about. There's a guy who stayed, right? There's a holdover guy who was a senior when the Fab Five were freshmen, right? Polinka, the GM of the Lakers. Polinka, yeah. Polinka's one of them. Yeah, yeah. Fab Five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was on the Fab Five, and he was on that national championship team, right? Fab Five. That's the fucking man. I mean, that that's a guy who – that's a guy who – that's Jalen. That's a guy who impacted culture broader – because he brought the swagger to the Fab Five. He was the guy who decided, made all the fashion decisions and all that shit. And you realize that, like, what a what an impact he had on culture in general. Like, yeah. everything was the bald head. You know, they did the bald heads like Onyx. They did the baggy shorts like Jordan. They'd stare the fucking guys who did the black socks. They wore the fucking, um, the Air Force fucking Barclays all matching. 
Like they did all that stuff. Gene Diesel would be on that team if he was, you know, playing back in the day. Oh man, <laughs> oh man! I, if, if only, if, if only, but I'd be the five ten white guy. It wouldn't work. Salem had his in the, in the NBA still. He yeah. him yeah. and both scored forty in a playoff game. Wow. Yeah, no, Jalen was Jalen was a Jalen was a good pro, and then you yeah. got to see how good Jalen was when Weber wasn't on that team. Yeah, the, the, the season that he had without Weber, he was he was fucking good, man. He was legit. Like Jalen was legit. Like a legit, he's a legit NBA player. Um, I you, you threw me off. I was gonna say something about the, oh yeah the, the the guy you forgot from that team, Lloyd Vaught. Oh, Lloyd Vaught. You remember that name, Lloyd Vaught? And yeah, and then he went to the Clippers, right? Yeah. <laughs> See, like, Scott's Scott researching in real time. What's up with Lloyd Vaught? <laughs> what, happened to Lloyd, what happened to Lloyd Vaught? <laughs> Anytime these names pop up. Yeah, he I know, of course. He averaged 16 and 10 over a four-year period, and then he got hurt, and he never played a lot after that. Right. He was legit, though. He was a good ball player. Rock solid post player. Rebounder. A lot of guys like that. Forget, you know. Remember, like Vashon Leonard. Of course, from the Minnesota Gophers. Uh, Golden know, Gophers. All the other day, I was watching like Sean Respert highlights. Yeah. About a guy like that and what he would do in the modern NBA right now. Right, right, right. Like, back then, it's like, oh, you're a six-two scoring guard. You can't play in the NBA. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Now, dude, they'd be like, "Well, fine, you can shoot. You're going out there. You're playing small forward." <laughs> oh, dude. And, and, you know, like, I, I always look at guys, like, I, I, I think back to, um, you said Vashawn Leonard. I think of, like, Lawrence Moten was, right. such, a good, was oh. such a good ball player. And, like, he didn't do – he had, like, no pro career, no NBA career at least. And then, like, I think of Sura, who was, like, a dominant college player. And, like, he totally – and don't get me wrong, he had a solid NBA career and he played for a while. But, like, he tried to change his entire game to stick in the NBA. And he did successfully. But I used to think to myself, like, why can't he just do what he did at Florida State? You know, yeah. like and and he, you know, just be like a gunner and a slasher and do that stuff. And and he became like more of a point guard. Um, so there, there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of guys who who were great in college, but they they lived in the wrong era for the pros. Yeah, because if you're those guys now, you're not worried about some guy taking you down on the low block. Either. Right, 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 right. You're a six three shooting guard. Yeah. You can play in the NBA now. Back then, you right. were a six shooting guard, dude. Like, you were going to get uh, embarrassed and pulled off the floor. Right. You have to learn to become a point guard. Right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Times have changed, man. But, yep. yeah. Very much so. Very much so. But uh, I feel like we're old men talking and Dirt's like waiting. All right. Get um, the old guys. That's the thing. Like, it's, it's very generational how, like, if it's like a couple of years – how like you know everything kind of ch- as far as like the players and all that, but yeah, but I always know. remember what Greg says. Everything yeah. is before your time because if you think about it, I've been on this world for thirty three years. Okay, the world's been this. around billions of years. And we have this, <laughs> all this. Yeah. All right, so I've been here, so I got to do my research. Well, but. and and you know what the other thing too is the other thing that's even bigger than than your like your age necessarily is when you got into something. Yeah, that too. Like, one of the reasons that, at least in terms of, like, the stuff I can talk about from a sports perspective, uh, is that I was into it young. So, like, 
So like I might be able to have a conversation with a guy who's 10 years older than me because he was 19 when I was nine, but I was into it. Yeah. That's all it is. So that's the, that's the, that's like the weird, the, the weird thing. And it's, it's really about when you got into something like you had an older brother dirt. So there's a lot of things. Like that he, because, was, he was really into like Dan Marino and he has a whole binder full of Cal Ripken and all that shit. Right. Like so there, there's a lot of stuff that you and I talk about that you're, you're hip to because of Pudge. Yeah. And so, like, there's a lot of that stuff, too. So, you know. That's how it is. It is how Dirk, it is. Was like your, who was your favorite athlete when you were 12? Gary Payton. Nice. Because yeah. I grew up playing, like, a, you know, the church league basketball. And literally, like, every day was, like, practice or a game. Go to Cabrini or go to, like, St. Bernard's or St. whatever. And it was just boom, 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 boom. That's how I started collecting cards because – my cousin and I, we started playing and then we started watching, you know, the NBA and we got into it. And then that's all we knew. So when I saw the Peyton, I, when I saw the glove, I mean, I was kind of like trying to, you know, symbol my game after him because my thing was defense. I couldn't really shoot. I was a decent guard, like a Stockton where I would just, you know, facilitate the ball and do all that. But something about Peyton, just how he used to always talk shit and he had like some swagger about him, and his defensive yeah. skills were so amazing. They even say in the last dance that if they if Peyton would have been on Jordan a couple more games, you know, maybe they could have won another game or so. Who knows? Yeah, yeah Jordan lasts it off like it's a ridiculous thing, but yeah, know. you know, like there's a couple gaps in the documentary where it's like, you know, uh, my uh, X happened, and that's why we lost the next two games. Right, right, right. That's like some excuse, and it's like. Right. Well, the other team, like you know, was a factor. Right, of course. You know, Jordan wasn't just didn't have just have a hangnail or something. Those uh, Seattle, those Seattle teams were sick. Yeah, they I love awesome. those Seattle teams. Yeah, they were awesome. With Kate McMillan and Peyton like trapping, you know, and Hawkins. Hawkins. <laughs> I, I loved, I loved Peyton on Oregon State too. Like there was like a thing too where the 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 basketball games would. You'd be on in blocks on ESPN, and there'd be that late night game that was starting at eight thirty yeah. in, in Oregon, yeah. but it was on eleven thirty on the yeah. East Coast, and you get to see all these fucking players that you you know what I mean. Yeah. And he, I I get so excited to see like a Peyton or a guy like that, you know. And yeah. He was fuck. He was amazing. He was amazing at uh, you know on the Sonics, and and they were well coached. Like that's definitely a team that that should should have probably had a title. Yeah. Yeah, oh, should have had a title. No, for sure, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of guys like that that Jordan has their scalps. A lot of a lot of teams that sh- a lot of teams that should have won. You know, but like what you were saying nowadays, you talk to the guy, it's like, hey, what's your football team? Oh, the Patriots. Oh, what's your basketball team? Oh, Golden State Warriors. Oh, what's your football team? Oh, you know, right. Yeah. And you know, the other thing too for me, and I like one of the reasons that me and Skull vibe, I think when we were kids. And I know it's weird, and I, and you're the same way, Dirt, and I love it about you. Is that like, but it was especially the case for for he and I. Is that we grew up in an era where you didn't have as much access to all of the information about the the teams from around the country as you do now. Yeah. So like, it's not. I mean, like, let's say let's say Golden State hadn't hadn't went on that title run, and let's say they just had Steph Curry, and and you know, and they were just a good team but they're out on the West Coast. If this is 35 years ago, there aren't any Golden State fans running around, really, except for the weird oddball. Yeah. 
deep into this shit. And you end up with these weird, you know, fascinations and you're a fan with these players from, you know, places that aren't in your backyard. So Skull being a Dolphins fan and a Pacers fan and all that stuff, it, it, made, it made me like it, it endeared me to them because I, I like teams that weren't the local teams too. And I used to feel I used to feel like if you like all the local teams, you're like you're kind of a follower. That's yeah. the way I felt. So when I knew like the, when you like the Falcons and the Bulls and all that shit, I was oh, it's fucking cool. Like I, I don't know, I was just I was always like that. It, when you when you like all the hometown teams, I just I feel yeah. like you're just like everybody else. I don't Jets, know. Mets, Yankees, Giants. You know, just, <laughs> I don't know. No, it was awesome. Well, it's, I think also like there were a couple of things like. A, we both had moved to our town. True. That's so we true. had, like, grown up in our town. We had moved to our town. So That's there true. was, like, an inherent new kid outsider vibe. That's true. That's true. And then it, it seemed weird to be, like, yeah, I'm an Eagles fan, too. Even though, like, my whole family were Of course. Eagles. Right, 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 right. Back then, we had, I don't know if you remember, but we, one of the things that was awesome is we had two NBC channels. Yeah. Now, Jersey, yeah. the weird thing, we'd get... NBC from Philly. Philly and South Jersey. And there was a South Jersey NBC four, right? So they play two. We get like two or three games at one and four o'clock every Sunday. Yep. And that meant back then for me that I could watch Dan Marino every week. This is before satellite TV or yep. any kind of package. So Marino and Elway would like always be one of those games. Like yeah, they yeah, get yeah. them on TV one way or another. So we used to have a TV. Then we'd stack two other TVs. <laughs> we had two like mini TVs, and we'd stack them next to it, and we'd watch. That's we'd have awesome. three games on three televisions. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> they were all on at one o'clock or four o'clock, man. So I got to see Marino like. Yeah. It didn't matter what was going on. Was oh yeah. <laughs> that for real, and that four or four thirty uh, game used to have the Raiders a lot on one of those yep. channels. So it was like, oh shit! Like I, I got to see the Raiders a decent amount because we we basically had like uh, football games on Sunday afternoons on like four channels, and that's like, like unheard of. I found before the red zone. Huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what that's what Dirt, that's what Dirt just said. At the red zone, Dirt just said you had the original red zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's true. It's very true. Uh, yeah, pretty awesome times, man. But, yeah, no, the last dance wrapped up pretty good. I think we're all ready. I don't know how it's going to work. But, man, you know, like an NBA playoff tournament would be pretty dope, you know. However it's done, and I don't know that it can be, right. but I think that would be dope, you know. Yeah, I mean, I saw – did you see the rules that they're that, – what they're going to do for baseball? I yeah, heard yeah. – but it, it was just a, it was like a long list. Like there was stuff like um, the players have to disinfect their hands a, after every half inning. Right. And there's no spitting of any sort. Dude, the players yeah. can't even sit in the, in the, uh, in the bleachers or they have to sit like apart in the bleachers. They're right. going to have them six feet apart. And they yeah. said, if that means we have to use the stands. Right. We'll use the stands. Right. No, there's no shot, no showering at the stadium. Right. Um, there was just like a long list of stuff yeah. and it's like, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. And I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they pull it off. It's like, you really, well, I, but they're going to have, they're going to have to figure it out though. <sighs> I just don't know. I just don't know. It feels like a, it's going to be a different experience. From what I saw, I think that the NFL is talking about. Yeah. Like one of the reasons the leagues are waiting still 
is that they want to make sure there's enough tests for regular people. They don't want to take up, you right. know, 10,000 tests in Utah. If there's right. 20,000 tests in the state, they don't want to take 10,000 just to make sure the Jazz can play, you know. Right. Um, but, like, the pro- like they're talking about for – I think it was football, but it might have been a different sport. Like, they're going to test everyone, and if you get tested, like, you're out. Right. Like, right. so – but, like, the problem is that, like, it'll be last second, and you, then you have to, what, quarantine for 14 days, and you can't be around the team. You have to Possibly quarantine. The guys around you. But don't they have to quarantine all the guys who came in contact with you, too? Well, that's the thing. Like, you don't have symptoms at first, so, like, the guy can catch it. Right. Like, you could get your teammates sick. They're not going right. to know it until right. they're showing symptoms. Right. They're trying to use, like, these immediate tests in that instance. But you could have, like, half of a team in a right. blink. I don't know how it works where you're pulling these guys, sitting them out for two weeks. Oh, it's the NBA, I think, is what they were talking about. Okay. I'm like, man, you're going to have an NBA playoffs and, like, Anthony Davis or LeBron are going to get sick and have to sit for 14 days. I know. And then, and then you're going to have – that team lose and the other team advances and by the end of the thing you're gonna have ten asterisks. And is it really I know what people want like are people gonna be as excited knowing that there's this kind of random force eliminating teams? You know? I don't know. I don't know, it's hard to make so it's hard to imagine all of it. I don't know. You know but I, that said, man, if you told me there's a sixteen team NBA playoff starting in like three weeks. Man. Oh sure. Yeah. I'm in. I think it'll be awesome. Yeah. You know, like I don't know that it can happen, but yeah. I, I I'm rooting for it. You yeah, know? of course, of course. There's gonna be a lot of pulled hamstrings, dude, with all the all the time off. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I saw like Udonis uh, Haslam talking the other day. He's like, "Let me tell you something. Be ready for some bad basketball." He's yeah. like, "You know how Jordan lost to the Magic because he sat out 65 games. Right. He came back for 17 games." And lost in the playoffs, and yeah. that was the best player in the world in his prime. Right, sure. So what is you know? Sure, sure. What is the mediocre NBA player right now going to look like? But, yeah. All right, we're back. So that's we're back after that intermission. Uh, G Code Nation, we got some things that have been going on. And uh, it's a great time of year. Yes. You know, we did the 30 days. We're in the midst of mayhem right now. You know, we sent out an email Sunday just kind of summarizing all the stuff that's been going on. And there's a lot, too. We've had new drops. we got the new shirt, the new hat, new stacks that have been coming. Yep. Uh, we had the G Diesel stack last week. Nice to do that, right? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, We've been doing sales. We've been doing uh, the quarantine cuisine, which has been awesome. A lot of delicious banging recipes. They're just putting those videos together. Greg, you got a streak going of the quarantine uh, workouts, the half hour of power. Dude, it's, yeah, so it's uh, coming coming, uh, through last Friday. It was uh, 45 consecutive weeknights. For the half hour power, so it's nine straight weeks of five days a week workouts. That's insane. Um, if you um, have done them, guys, they're yes. they're waiting for you. They're all yes, and they can all and they can all be done with uh with nothing more than your body weight. Yeah, 
end with uh, one pair of dumbbells. Uh, so we, the quarantine diaries too. Yeah. So we've, yep. we've got the written word. We've got uh, workouts. Yep. We've got fear. We've been doing all the stacks. So you can get some new combinations of flavors and supplements between rides and vice, especially uh, in honor of a lot of our athletes. And just talking about like, what their favorites are. So I, there's been a lot. I said, I texted you guys the other day. I'm like, dude, we've been churning heat out. Yeah, oh, for sure. We've been holding up our end. We've been holding up our end. This hat, by the way, Thermalone, I'm, I'm so enthralled by this hat. I'm so in love with this hat. Isn't it beautiful, man? Even just It is a beautiful the, hat. The 3D pitching on the front is beautiful. Man, I'll tell you, when you hold it, it's substantial. In like, and it makes me think of like a new era hat. Like if you, went to, if you went to Lids and you bought a new era hat of your favorite college team, like it's as nice as that hat. Like it's that same quality uh, of construction and materials and all that stuff. Man, it's, I was blown, blown away by how good it is, man, how, how nice it came out. Yeah, it's nice, man. Don't get me wrong. It is a beaut, Clark. And, you know, I'm giving too much away here because people down with G-Code know our calendar to some extent. They know something usually yep. comes around this time of year. Yep. 40 days and 40 nights is not too far away. It is not. And I've started to think about what that might entail for me. Right. So I'm trying to have, like, a – um, intellectual kind of side to it, like learn something, you know, yep. Yep. make myself a little better in that department. I want to do something for America. Yeah, shotgun a beer every day. Good job. Keep going. Do something to make America, make a little civic contribution of some kind, yep. and then something for the planet. It's another one I want to hit. And of course, the body. So, body, mind, community, country, you wow. know. Body world, mind, wait, body, my community, and world. Right. I want to yeah. hit one of each of those. I feel like if I can do that, 40 days, not asking too much. No, it's basically awesome. Basically the premise, for those of you who don't know, 40 days and 40 nights, lock in, discipline, yeah. sacrifice, yeah. be the best that you can be. We've had people learn languages, get certified in a new skill, try a new uh, career path, you know. Um, try a new way of working out or just do a different regimen, change it up for 40 days. Um, it's a, we're in challenging times, but as you can probably sense from just what we've been writing and sending out lately, like challenging times just present you with a new challenge, a new thing to work around and find a new path. You know, we talk about finding a way. Yep. We talk this week about, you know, uh, like a, when you have a unique landscape to a house or to a piece of real estate, piece of property, trying to adapt to the contours of that, you know, or like you have a smaller house, maybe you have to store things differently and you come up with an ingenious way of doing things, you know? Um, same thing. I think we have to do it with 40 days and 40 nights this year. Find new ways. You might not have a gym. Who knows? You know, oh, how sure. do you find new ways, new methods, new angles to attack? So I'm starting to start think about that. Yeah, it's good. Like, like a running list of just some realistic goals, you know. Uh, I'm excited, man. I've got a circle on the calendar. I know Kaylee does too. We now look forward to this time every year. So. Yeah, I got to start thinking about that too because I think the one phrase that I took away from that whole thing was hold yourself accountable and just 
hammering away at that whole mindset to be, you know, just keep hammering away at certain things that you want to, you know, have an end goal for for 40 days and 40 nights. And I, I forgot where mine were. We're like, you know, learning about a new bird every day, doing 140 crunches every day. So I think I'm going to try to take some of your juice, go and do like the mind, body, soul, and world yep. thing. So we'll last, year, last year you had to be Tom Brady's 40-yard dash. Yes, you did. I forgot right? about that, dude. And, did, and he did it. And he did it. I did it in Piscataway High School freaking uh, football field. That's like a whole other category. Maybe I got to think of something like that. Like the Dirt Malone, like the Rodman challenge. Like what's the unusual right. – What's like a just random thing? Like, all right, man, I need to be able to try to do like this random thing. Break into North Korea and try to get a meeting with whatever whoever the new leader is now. <laughs> I'll do it, but I might have to kill a guy in the there meeting. There you go. I have a moral obligation. He does. He talked about the moral obligation in those situations. Like you're in a room with someone who's res- responsible for the death, like arguably of millions of people. And even though you're not a murderer and you value life and all of that, in quotes, <laughs> I mean, you'd be a murderer. I, I don't you'd know. You'd be in the history that. books, dude. You'd be in the history books. That's but like, even it's just like being a good person, right? Right. Like you're having lunch with Hitler. Right. How do you abide his life? You right. could be the next John Wilkes Booth, dude. Yeah, but John Wilkes Booth killed a good man. He's <laughs> <laughs> talking about killing a villain. There's a difference. Yeah, like who's the guy who's killed the worst guy? Right, that would, that's what it would be. We don't know. We only know the guys that killed good guys. But who's right. like, who killed? Do the bad guys just get away with it? Who's killed the bad guy? Right. Why isn't he famous? Blade. Maybe Blade. I'm trying to think, like, you know, was Archduke Ferdinand a bad guy? This well, like Seal Team Arch- Six, right? <laughs> they killed Seal Team Six. Killed Bin Laden. Right? Do we know any of those guys' names? There's a bad guy. Right. Now I have to look up Archduke Ferdinand. <laughs> Franz Ferdinand. So, uh, Dirk. Well, can I tell you? Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. The death of Archduke Ferdinand, he was assassinated. It started World War One. One of the things that started World War One. Yep. Well, uh, imagine, like, a dude being killed starting World War One. Yeah. That's what the... A lot of historians would say. So, of course, it's your duty, dude. You got to kill one of the bad guys, and then we start a peaceful world. Maybe I'm it's the opposite. I, uh, I don't know, Greg. Do you know? I don't know. Do, do I know if Archduke Franz Ferdinand was a good guy or a bad guy? Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head. No, I don't. Hey, fun fact. You know how, like, some, some people have, like, the tooth that grows out of the gum right here? It's, it's considered the balcony tooth, so you can call it the John Wilkes tooth because... A John Wilkes tooth. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. One of the most fucked up, like, uh, phrases that you say to somebody who's had, like, a really bad day, right, is the Jeffrey is like, uh, but otherwise, Mr. Lincoln, how, I mean, otherwise, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> yeah. like, oh god right it's fucked up yeah. um things greg says sucks. no things greg doesn't say um but uh you know what's funny about 40 days and 40 nights in our house what? is that there, there's a good deal of training going on on a regular basis right 
So, like, when I pointed out to Tara, like, oh, you know, that 40 days and 40 nights are soon. She's like, when does that start? <laughs> like, oh, you know, like two weeks from now. She's like, like, the look in her face was like, oh, God, really? <laughs> She's like, we're going to need, when do we get, when do you get a couple of days off? And I'm like, I know. I'm like, I know. So I'm thinking the weekend before 40 days and 40 nights would begin because that, I think that would be June 1st, right? The, which is a Monday, well, which is amazing. Yeah, I told anyone. Assuming it, assuming it did, it, right. it, it could potentially start on Monday, June first. If that were the case, then uh, maybe I take off that Saturday also from training, and I and I don't train for that whole weekend leading but up. But then we will be silently judging you, Greg. I know, of course. Yeah. Oh no, it, it your 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 judgment from afar will be will pale in comparison to my own personal judgment of myself. So, so you're going to get 40 days and 40 nights by taking two days off training? You might. I might, yes. Per usual? Yeah. Yes, yes. I might. I might. I might because, well, because I, I was saying for the fucking, um, with, with the half hour of power, right, I do those every night. But then I do my regular training Monday through Saturday and the cardio. So it's 17 workouts a week I'm doing. <laughs> and it seems excessive. <laughs> it seems, as Scott would say, I don't know if this is sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite that's like one of my favorite sta- uh, statements of moderation that's incredibly loaded is Sko saying two things one I don't know if that's sustainable and then two this is problematic <laughs> yeah those are the new ones I like those <laughs> when Sko yeah. says problematic I'm like ah fuck I oh no it's problematic oh no Sko's ears new freaking album problematic <laughs> You don't want to get. You don't want to be uh, named on that list. No, no. That means you did something like Cosby like or. Uh, oh no. But uh, no. Greg, you know, like Cosby. A week round trip to like a store and got <laughs> carry G code, but I'm like. Well, it was very you- early in the game. Very early in the game for us, though. Where are you setting the bar awfully high? <laughs> he's like, right, he's like, right, he's like. There's only seven days in a week. If you did this for for, for for seven different customers, I don't know if that's sustainable, you know. But it's like, you know, you do what you gotta do, you know. You figure you gotta fucking what you gotta till till the soil, feed the plant that's growing. I don't know, you know. Well, look, we're gonna till some soil. Forty days and nights coming up, but we got some other heat on deck. Always, always on deck. Always heat on deck. Let's do a little forward-looking Eaton. Oh. Okay. Memorial Day weekend, and I know the dirt alone right now. Oh, God. A cut of meat in my... Oh, God. There will be no social... There will be no social distancing whatsoever. There will be... There will be just... Yeah, there, there is just... Caution is thrown to the wind. Oh. Because there are beers to be shotgunned. There will be community beers shotgunned. You, you'll have a Bud Light. It will fall in the dirt. Your friend will pick it up. He'll hand it back to you. You'll take it and you'll, peer, you'll pierce it with your John Wilkes too. Dude, I right here. Dude, I've been getting ads for like these things called the chuggers that you put in like the side of a beer can and then you can chug them like that. Right, right, yes. <laughs> You, but by, by, by you've been getting ads, do you mean that the box just landed on your doorstep yesterday? Is it there? <laughs> tomorrow? Yeah, I think tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> so you want the foreshadowing of what this weekend's going to look like? Here's what's going to happen. 
Oh, boy. Many adult beverages with salt on the brim, which I don't like, but it's there for decoration, okay? Okay. There's going to be shotgunning of beers. You're going to go up to the grill. You're going to figure out as many fucking things as you could put on there, including corn, veggies, steaks, some sort of seafood, some sort of kebabs, which is Bob's name with a K, and just go from there and just see where the night takes you. I'm thinking South Jersey action. I'm thinking Uncle Oh, boy. Oh, wow. Uncle Stan's. Oh, no. Oh, no. Are you going to be on the beach this weekend there, Mo? Are you going to be one of those people? Are you going to be one of those people on the boardwalk? I'm going to be one of the guys on the boardwalk on the whole bench like this, waiting for his Zeppelis and his cheese stick like this. Dude, I was uh, on a beach this weekend. Huh? What did you say? I went to a beach this past weekend. Wow. How was and that? I didn't plan on it. Okay. I ended up on it. We went okay. to Sandy Hook, which I've never been to. Okay. It's an Where'd awesome place. It's Is a Sa- tiny sliver. Is Sandy Hook near Monmouth, and is it that really, really nice, uh, like boardwalk, like hot, kind of like a, like a night, yeah. like has nice restaurants Dude, on it? Go into a nude beach. Now, you know? Yo, check this out. So okay. Sandy Hook is like a strip of land off the elbow of New Jersey, right? Okay. So like right where the Jersey Shore would make a sharp west turn. Right. right. Not off of the butthole. Off you of go the elbow. like Earth Amboy Newark Bay area. Right. The point of the right there, the elbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a strip of land. It was fortified at one point, so there's military barracks, all this historical stuff. World there's World like World 10 World. miles of beaches with 100 parking lots. It's a national recreation area, so there aren't any restaurants or anything like that. Okay, like, okay. It's, you can't have a business in there. Okay, okay. But yeah, dirt, you're right. We have no idea. We're, we went there for hikes because there's all these trails and stuff, and I'm like, sure, let's go. And we got there, and we're like, oh, it's right like along the beach, all these trails. Let's walk on the beach. Why not? Start walking on the beach in the distance, greeted by junk. But I think that's junk. You're just walking through the bushes, and all of a sudden you see this. Oh, sorry. Spots of junk. Wow. Wait, hold hold on. By junk, are you referring to male genitalia? Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were. You were like doing like you were doing environmental work, and you were cleaning up refuse for recycling purposes. Instead, you're talking about the male phallus. Totally clean beach. Okay. Wow. Cleaning up junk and looking at junk. Wow. Wow. That's that's unfortunate. Junk. Wow. But they have a nude beach section. It's really nice. We had no idea. The Dirt Malone knew that because he, he said you said Sandy Hook, yeah. and he and he immediately said nude beach because he's been there. I'm he an knows. exhibitionist, man. That's what I do. All right. He does this. Each his own. Hey, Scott. You, you know what? Scott, did you just say to beach his own? Wow. No, that works. That's there you go. One. That's our <laughs> new shirt, dude. To beach his own. Gonna have Sandy Hook. The GCO Takeover Tour, Sandy Hook to Beaches Up. To Beaches Up. The silhouette of junk. Behind it. Let's go. You got to tell us about Bourdain, dude, now that we're talking about food. Oh, all right. Well, it's not really food centric. There's a new special on um, Netflix. Okay. Love Bourdain. Love Bourdain. 
Yeah, there's all these random people talking about their experiences with LSD. Okay. And it's like Sting and Bourdain and Nick Kroll and Rosie Perez, like a thousand people like that, where you're like, wait, what? But they're all talking about taking shrooms or acid or like whatever. Right. And it's just like animated at times and they're telling all these crazy stories. But like Bourdain had took over 500 hits of acid mm. in his life. Wow. So I got like, it's not really surprising. You think of him floating around, like floating around. Um, right. one, one of the good ones is Carrie Fisher. Tell some like pretty crazy stories. Wow. Uh, like the leading psychiatrist who thinks that it has huge uh, uh, value as a therapeutic drug right. for depression, for PTSD, for all the stuff uh, is in it. You know, they, they get into like talking about like Carrie Fisher being so uber famous that the only way that she could feel more like herself at all was to take LSD because it forced her to only face herself and not like the world's perspective of herself. Interesting. She's taken it like all the time. Mm -hmm. um, now she had like tons of drug problems otherwise, but it's a very interesting thing. Like, you know, it's mostly for entertainment, but there's a lot of informational things. And it's just like a random number one recommended Netflix thing on when we opened Netflix. So I'm like, all right, let's check it out. There's cool people involved. Right. I it's definitely good, funny times, you know, when wow. you have sitting like, so I dropped the ass, you know, like telling his crazy stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always, they're always somewhere ridiculous and it's inappropriate. Right. You know? yeah. Of course. I'm, yeah. Greg, I'm sure Greg will drop some acid and watch it or something. Figure. You know, I have, I just go looking forward. I have like no Memorial Day weekend plans. We have like no plans. Don't know what we're gonna do. It, like you know, like everyone else, like we're itching to have right. the type of things that would normally be happening on a Memorial Day weekend. Happening, it'd be great to be in a beach bar or walking around the beach drinking or whatever. Like Let's go to Sandy Hook, dude. I'll meet you at the Hook. Oh uh, yeah, they My call you. Will meet your bring your bring, bring bring your bring your hook. Back. <laughs> Dip your hook in the sand. Dip your hook in the sand, my friend. <laughs> to, to beach his own. Sandy <laughs> hook's not conducive to a good time. Wow. Wow. It depends on how you define a good time. You know, uh, maybe a good time maybe a good time is walking with your like youth. You know what I mean? <laughs> we'll just talk about, we'll just lay on the beach towel like this with our junks out, just talking about life, you know? Just yeah. making eye contact like men. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually it's a game, a dude. Like, it looked a lot like being in my gym's locker room, not going to lie. It's like, oh, you're over 70? You should definitely be naked. <laughs> oh, you're in good shape and young. Whatever you do, you shouldn't be naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In locker room, weird rules that somehow have developed in society. It's true. It's very true. Yeah. Very you know. true. Very true. I mean, I, I want to, you know, I, I guess I'll just grill. I guess I'll just grill. I, I you know, I don't have any real detailed plan at this point, but I, I, I do have a hankering for some seafood. So I think I'll definitely figure out a way to get make some seafood happen. Yeah. Get some, yeah. Get some scrimps. I want you to know, Dirt Malone, that... There is a quarantine cuisine that has been completed and that will be making its way to you. 
right, I'm ready. And it is, and it is not clean, Derek Malone. I'm, I it hope the, it's not clean. I heard that you were requesting that it wouldn't be clean. It is, it is the antithesis of clean, my friend. No, I want when you get to the nutrition part, that freaking carbs and fat and everything, that shit better oh, be yeah. skyrocketing off. Yeah, it's gonna be. A, <laughs> it's gonna be a, the penis. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna just be like question marks and like. Uh, <laughs> I'll do that. I don't, I'll, I'll edit it. I'll do it. So just like exclamation question points marks. and question marks. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be yeah. fun. Yeah, it's it's ran out of columns, but yeah, and it, and it's well, the dirtiest thing I I've eaten, Dirt Malone, is the thing that is being prepared for your quarantine cuisine. Oh, so I can't wait. I that's can't the wait. dirtiest. Thing, that's the that's wait. the dirtiest thing I've eaten. For sure, the dirtiest thing I've eaten. That makes well, me- next we're doing a Memorial Day special where Dirt Malone and I are doing Century Club live during the cast. Wow, All what's right. the Century? What's the Century Club mean? A shot of beer. For a hundred minutes, every minute. Wow. Oh, I would love to do that, but it seems like a lot. <laughs> that seems problematic, dude. It seems problematic. Is that like eight beers? Um, that would be probably got to be Eight point five beers. Eight point five like beers. beers. Yeah. And and and. 100. How many ounces? How many ounces are in a shot? One ounce. Uh, 60 shots is usually six and a half beers. Okay. So, like four. And that's six. Every 10 is nine or 1.05. So then it's probably 10 and a half beers, something like that. It's a lot of beers. 11 beers, maybe? It's a lot of beers. It's a lot of beers. We could do that. The Century Club. The Century Club. The Squadcast is going to destination it's about the journey it is right of course of course because the destination is is uh is sandy hook that's it that's it the destination is sandy hook it's how you get there it's how you end up with your junk out let's go we got two we got two minutes on this thing it says all right well look everybody should go in fact you know what? i'll extend it right now okay the program king stack okay Ooh. 20 bucks off Wow. Use the promo code stack me. Stack me. So you get you get uh king, you get what flavor of rice? Dirt Malone. Putting you on the spot. You get cinnamon toast crush feast. Which is it? New Era Tri Chamber. Program King Stack. Uh the program King Stack, here's what you get. You get Cinnamon Toast Crush Feast. You get Tropical Triumph Rise. You mm. get 30 days worth of King, and you get the new Era Tri Chamber. That's a beautiful stack. That's banging. And you That's get you a buck 20 if you use the code with free shipping. Stack me. That's all you need to get by. That's beautiful. It is a beautiful fucking thing. So we'll leave that up for a week for okay. all the insiders of G Code Nation. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Peace you guys. Take care of yourselves. Peace, G-Code, everybody out there. Hope you're safe. Yes, eat something dirty and tag us. Hashtag yeah. eaten. Dirtiest thing you've eaten or eaten. Eaten. Hashtag eaten. Yeah. Peace. <laughs>